Welcome to the MLMSuccess.com podcast, the show designed to return the network marketing industry to its roots of personal growth, leadership development, and wisdom of the ages success principles. We share with you real success stories from real people that we hope will inspire and encourage you personally and help you progress forward in your business and your life. We believe if you build people, people will build the business. Now here is your host who has been called the number one mind in network marketing, the MLM Profit, Network Marketing Virtual Mentor, and a host of other names that we will not mention because this is a family show. Frankly, he's just a small town guy that figured out that the real product in network marketing is people. Dale Calvert. Hey guys, this is Dale Calvert. I'd like to welcome you to session 152-152 of the MLMSuccess.com podcast. Uh, this week, we're going to talk about a foundational principle that I think it's just very, very important that people understand that it is the way it is. Uh, you can call it the Pareto principle, the 80-20 rule, whatever you want to call it. It's been around since the beginning of time. Uh, the Those of you that heard last week's podcast, I talked about that I received an email a couple of weeks ago and from Marty, Marty, and I wish Marty was here so I could knock on his head and say, McFly, McFly. But anyway, uh, he said, this is what he said in the email, and I'm going to come back and I'm going to address every bit of this, and we're going to really get down and get this done. Hopefully with this podcast, this is something that will serve me well moving forward in the future because this comes up from time to time. And uh, hopefully we can really get an understanding of this because I think it's really, really an important concept idea if you're going to be building teams. But McFly said, I mean, Marty said, you teach a concept called 70 percent, 3 percent, 27 percent. And I know you stole that from and I'm not going to say the gentleman's name because, again, I respect him greatly who teaches. But he teaches 80 percent, 15 and five. He and many other leaders are teaching 80, 15, and 5. 5% are going to make big money and have big dreams in network marketing. 15 are happy to make a few hundred or a few thousand. 15%, 80% are happy just to be part of the company and use the products, and we need to make them feel welcome and included. You're teaching ideas like you need to run off people. is destructive to the profession. You need to make people feel important, loved, and respected, and let them just be product users. What do you have to say about that? So I'm going to give you my feelings about that. But before I do, I think it's real important that everybody that listens to this podcast understands the validity of the 80-20 rule, uh, especially what's happening in society today and and what's going on just in the general population, uh, not understanding this 80-20 rule called the Pareto Principle. Uh, I know, what, three or four, five, six, seven, I don't know. But a few years ago, some of you were at a seminar that I was at where we had uh, one of the best, funniest speakers I ever heard. Uh, George Campbell talked about the 80-20 rule, the Pareto principle. I think, and I'll try to find it and put it in the show notes for you, but I think I did a session on this over at the No Fluff podcast. I'm almost positive I did at some point, but I'm gonna, this is going to be a different take. 
on this whole concept, but this is a concept, it's an idea, as a team builder and leader that you really need to understand is valid, it's documented, and you need to understand it so you can so you can learn how to effectively work effectively work with it. And the eighty fifteen five bunch, I don't think, I sincerely don't think, understand how to effectively effectively work with it. But before that, I'm going to share just a short clip that uh, was on YouTube from Jordan Peterson, who's uh, has got more intellect in his little finger than most of than I'll ever have, and most many other people. Uh, but explain this whole concept of 80-20 throughout history. It's, it's about four or five minutes, and then I'll be back. Uh, Peter's Jordan. Uh, at, at the latter part of the 1910s, after the First World War, the peasant class had actually established farms, of course, varying productivity. Some of the peasant farmers were very, very good at being farmers and produced a huge proportion of Russia's and Ukraine's food. Uh, because one of the things, we'll talk about this later as the class progresses, one of the things that you'll find if, if you look at creative production in any domain, it doesn't matter, artistic domain, food production, um, novels written, novels sold, money generated, number of companies generated, um, number of goals scored in hockey, etc. Any, any or n- number of paintings painted, number of compositions written, anything like that where where the fundamental underlying measure is human productivity, what you find is that a very tiny percentage of people produce almost all the output. It's called a Pareto distribution, P-A-R-E-T-O, and it was studied in detail in scientific productivity by someone named DeSola Price. It's a square root law, so here's the law fundamentally. If you look at the number of people who are doing, who who are in a given domain, who are producing in a given domain, the square root of the people produce half the product. So that means if you have 10 employees, three of them do half the work. But if you have 10,000 employees, 100 of them do half the work, right? It's a very, very vicious statistic. And you won't learn about that in psychology for reasons I have no idea about because you learn about the normal distribution and not the Pareto distribution. But Pareto distributions govern, for example, the distribution of money, which is why 1% of the people in the general population have the overwhelming amount of money and one-tenth of that one percent has almost all of that, right? So I think it's like the richest hundred people in the world have as much money as the bottom two and a half billion. And you think, well, that's a terrible thing and perhaps it is, but what you have to understand is that that law governs the distribution of creative production across all creative domains, right? It's something like a natural law. And we can, we'll talk about that more, but imagine what happens when you play Monopoly. You've all played Monopoly. What happens when you play Monopoly? One person ends up with all the money, all right? Then you play another game of Monopoly. What happens? One person ends up with all the money. It's actually the inevitable consequence of multiple trades that are conducted randomly. So if you take a thousand people and you get them to play a trading game, you, get, you each give them $100, say, or $10, and they have to trade with another person by flipping a coin, I, I win the coin toss, you give me a dollar, you win, I give you a dollar. If we all play that long enough, one person will end up with all the money and everyone else will end up with zero. So it's a deeply built feature of systems of creative production and no one really knows what to do about it because of course the danger is is that all the resources get funneled to a tiny minority of people at the top and a huge section of the population stacks up at zero. 
But to blame that on the oppressive nature of a given system is to radically underestimate the complexity of the problem. No one actually knows how to effectively shovel resources from the minority that, that controls almost everything to the majority that has almost nothing in any consistent way. Because as you shovel money down, it tends to move right back up. And it's a big problem. Anyways, the reason I'm telling you about that is because after the peasants were, were granted their land and started to become farmers, a tiny minority of them became extremely successful. And those people produced almost all of the food for Russia and, and the Ukraine. So what happened in the 1920s when bloody Lenin came along and collectivized the farms was that they defined the kulaks, who were these tiny minority of successful farmers who maybe had a brick house and were able to hire a couple of people and had some land and some livestock and were, were very productive people. They defined them as socially unfriendly elements and they sent groups of intellectuals out into the towns to collectivize the farms. And so the idea was that while you would pool your land and, and everyone would farm it collectively, and the land was taken away, of course, from the tiny minority of people who were actually productive and had actually managed to own much of the land. So you have to imagine how that would occur. Okay, so it's in the 1920s. It's after the world, after World War I. Russia's in pretty bad shape. The villages are full of brutalized men who have post-traumatic stress disorder and lots of people who are not doing well at all. And the bloody intellectuals come into the town and they say, you know those successful farmers up the street that you've always been pretty jealous about in your useless manner? Well, they're actually pigs and demons who are stealing from you. So why don't you come out, we'll form a nice little mob and we'll take everything they've got. And that's exactly what happened. And all those people were killed or raped or set off to Siberia in the middle of the bloody winter where there wasn't even anything for them to, to anywhere for them to live or anything for them to eat. So they all died. And then the consequence of that was a few years later, six million people starved to death in the Ukraine. Wow, wow, wow. Uh, wow. Um, so again, uh, that when you when you step back, guys, and you look at what's happening today, let's take all the money okay, from. So but let, we already well, talked sorry, about Jordan, what an distribution looks hold like. On That's a second, the red but, line. But well, let's take all the money. Let's take all the money from the wealthy and. You know, I remember years ago, Zig saying, if you took all the money in the world and you divided equally between everybody within a fairly short period of time, the wealthy would have it back. The wealthy would have it back. Why is that? Mindsets. Program perceptions. That's why. That's why. So, Dale, what does that have to do with 80-20 Pareto principle? Well, the Pareto, the Pareto principle is the 80-20 rule. You can do all kinds of research on it. It's as valid as valid can be that, you know, 20% of the people do 80% uh, or, or do 80% of the work, therefore make 80% of the money in most organizations, in most, most companies. There is something called 80-20. And as I studied this and learned this years ago and started looking at it and looking at the people that come through our organization, then we wrote a, we, we developed a concept called 27370. 27370. Why is it different in network marketing? Because network marketing gives us the opportunity as individuals to, it gives us unlimited upside potential. We aren't stuck in a corporate environment. We aren't stuck in the corporate pyramid. Okay, network marketing as a business model, 
there's has unlimited upside income potential. So therefore, people can, as Jordan was talking about, can become great farmers and have a few employees and some land and some livestock, and they can grow out of wherever they start in life. Network marketing is a business model, provides that opportunity for anybody. For I've said it for years and years. Network marketing is the greatest business model in the world to give average people with what? What have I said? I know most of you could complete it. Average people with above average desire, the opportunity to replace their income, maybe double their their income, maybe produce five times, ten times what they would have produced in the job market, in the corporate environment. That's the beauty of network marketing. Okay. That that is that is what network marketing allows for above average people with average people with above average desire and willingness to learn. A wise person learns from their own mistakes. A really wise person learns from the mistakes of others. So as we move forward and as we I get into this this email from Marty. I think it's really important that people understand the Pareto principle, the 80-20 rule, whatever you want to call it, that it is documented throughout society from, from the beginning. It is what it is. It does exist. To think that it doesn't exist or, you know, again, to think that, okay, the answer is to uh, take everything from the wealthy and distribute it to all the poor people, that philosophy has always and always will create destruction. And there's always unrest when the when when when, when as a despair as the the what's the word I'm looking for? The the, the difference. Okay, between uh, the wealthy, wealthy, and the poor, poor, as that as that gap gets larger and larger and larger and larger, then it always creates more and more unsettling unsettlement uh, within populations. Doesn't matter. Uh, at some level, at some level. You see that in the network marketing profession today more than any time in history at some level. Uh, I've always said, and I've talked about this with different podcasts, I can go into any organization and I go in to speak for the organization and there's 10,000 people there. And I say, how many of you have been involved in network marketing in this business model for three years or less? And it's normally about around 50, 60% of the room. And I say, how many of you have been involved in network marketing for 10 years or more? And it's usually another 30 to 40% of the room. So what am I saying? I'm saying that only in any organization, any company, only about 10% of the people have been there from four to nine years in that 
and this is not exact, but I'm giving you a really, really good ballpark number. So what I do, the question I ask, and, and the reason I ask that is I look back, I sit back and I look and I think, where, where's the next generation of leadership coming from? Because most people don't make it 90 days, much less three years. But, but the number that make it four, five, six, seven years in this profession and get to that point uh, that have actually accomplished something, built a team after 10 plus years, th those numbers have drastically diminished, especially over the last 10, 15, 20 years. And to not understand that is naive. To not to not really evaluate that and really think about that. If you love this profession, if you love this business model, it's naive. So there's so many things that that, that flow into all of this. And again, to win the game, you have to understand all the rules of the game. If you understand some of the rules, you can have some some success, but to win the game, to really win this game, you have to understand all the rules, and and a lot of this is all centered around mindsets. It's it's really mindsets. So understanding that the eighty twenty rule absolutely exists. Now, what I want to talk about is uh, my email from Mr. McFly because I want to address this because this will come up, you know, and it's come up, you know, four or five, six times this year. People want to talk to me about 80, 15, five and, and think that, you know, and, and again, here's what you need. to understand. It doesn't matter if it's 80, 15, five. It doesn't matter if it's 73, 27. It doesn't matter. It, it, but what you do with those numbers and how you approach that reality is very important. In network marketing, it is not 80-20. There is, there is a middle. There is a middle. And that middle can be 15 or it can be 27. And whether it's 15 or 27 doesn't really matter. What really matters as a leader is that you understand there's a middle. You understand that there's a middle, that in network marketing, in our marketplace, when we go into the marketplace, we're wanting to build teams, and we have to understand what we're dealing with, you know, what's going on in society. Uh, there's a lot of factors. So let me address Marty. Marty said, you teach a concept called 70%, 3%, 27%, and I know you stole it from a very well-respected network worker who teaches 80, 15, and 5. Okay. Uh, first of all, I've never, that's never been addressed to me, the 80, 15, and 5, until the first time I heard it was probably five or six years ago. Okay. Uh, I've been teaching 27%, 3%, 70% for 
25 years at least. Uh, I can go back to the book, Why the Masses of Network Marketers Are Frustrated, Confused, and Don't Have a Clue What They're Doing. That booklet was written, written in, I'm going to say, 1994. So 1994 is the first time where anything was ever published publicly that I know of and probably on videos and audios prior to that. But publicly for the world to see, 1994, I talked about the concept of 27%, 3%, 70%. So if someone had, and, and I had years before that, studied the Pareto, Pareto or however you say it, principle, the 80-20 rule. So I don't know when 80-15-5 was first taught. Maybe it was before 94, maybe it wasn't. And quite frankly, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. So you can think whatever you want to think. I can tell you the moment in the shower when I got that and was teaching it the next Monday night, and that's when I was in Shackley. Okay, but it wasn't public, and that was so that would have been in the early 80s, but I never published it for the world to know until 94, 95, and why the masses of network marketers are frustrated, confused, and don't have a clue what they're doing. And again, here's where I believe truth is truth. Wisdom is wisdom, and as I've said many times, people that are students, that are active, and they're in the marketplace, and they're aware, and they're thinking in network marketing, all come to the same conclusions over time. I believe that. And so if somebody, somebody else has probably written an article out there that's called the 75-25 or whatever, you know, what, what leadership will eventually understand is there's different peoples, people that join this profession with different skill sets, mindsets, natural abilities, uh, transferable skills that serve them well in this profession and there's people that don't have them in network marketing. What I believe and what I've always believed and always will believe is that, that no, you might not become a millionaire in network marketing, but I do believe with focus, sustained effort, doing the right things, within a relatively short period of time, a person can double their income working part-time with network marketing uh, over five-year period, again, with the correct mentorship, work ethic, determination, time management. I mean, there's a lot of stuff. No. If they enter the profession with none of the skill sets, mindsets, with low transferable skills and 
they're not willing to learn the new mindset, skill sets, etc., then their their chance for failure in this profession is higher than any other business model they can get involved with. As I've said, some people don't need to be trying to build a network marketing team because they're not willing to work on themselves. That's why at the end of this podcast, we always say, work harder on yourself than you do on your business. And many people are not willing to do that. I intentionally try to repel those people because I think it's better for them to buy hammers wholesale and sell them at the flea market. I believe that. And, and, and my loyalty is not to network marketing business model. Everybody should be doing it, blah, blah, blah. It's not. Never has been, never will be. I want people to find what's, what, what is their path because they have a path. So let me continue with Marty's email here. He says, he and many other leaders are teaching 80-15-5. Okay. And he says, 5% are going for the big money and big dreams. 15 are happy to make a few hundred or a few thousand. And 80% are happy to just be part of the company and use the products. And we need to make them feel welcome and included. You teaching ideas like you need to run people off is destructive to the profession. You need to make people feel important, loved, and respected, and let them be product users. What do you say to that? Okay. In my opinion, and you can take it to the bank, network marketing has become, because of the way the comp plans have been created, it's become convoluted and confusing and there is no distinction between those that want to consume products and those that want to make money are those that want to build a team. There's no, there's no way to tell the difference in most companies because most distributors buy their products at the same cost as a wholesale user. Some of you remember back in the day there was distinct wholesale, retail, and distributor pricing. So we there was no such thing as wholesale buyers ever early in this in this business model. There's wholesale retail, wholesale retail, and the people that buy wholesale distribute at retail. I mean, when we think about this, I mean, you sit back and you look at it. It's like you, I mean, yeah, there's buyers clubs, but you got to buy mass amounts, right? Sam's club or whatever, but traditional business, uh, I don't I, I I don't sign up to become a wholesale buyer uh, at Walmart or at Target. And if I do, uh, I'm not attending the Target Christmas banquet 
are the target convention. I'm a consumer. I'm a wholesale buyer consumer, but I have no business to move up through the management chain of target. I'm a consumer. So what we have done as a profession is we've mixed everybody together and we call everybody, oh, you're a rock star because they stay on auto ship. And we, there's a lot of very delusional people in network marketing that the profession has created and that leadership, quote unquote, has created. Oh, but Dale, you don't understand. They've been on, they've been on auto ship for 24 years. I'm, I'm going, I'm not, I'm going to. I'm going to make them feel welcome and respected and included. Absolutely. Absolutely. As a customer, not as a team builder. It's too distinct. You got to you got to get this in your mind. It's two distinct types of people. I can tell you what. Someone that is a customer and is there for the product? Absolutely, they want to be loved and respected and appreciated. But you know what? They don't want to be called a rock star and for you to high-five them uh, at the whenever, if they happen to log into your, uh, your Zoom to learn more about the business. It's not congruent. It's not congruent for them, and it and and it's disrespectful to the people that you have that are working and in a rhythm and consistent and in the marketplace and doing their best to produce results on a daily, weekly, monthly basis, and they're refining their skills and they're getting better and they're learning how to manage their time and they're and they're growing as leaders and as people on your team. When you group everybody together and you don't distinguish those that, and, and you aren't the one doing the distinguishing, they are. Because you have, you're smart enough and you understand that the first thing that you do when they join, as we talked about two sessions ago, two podcast sessions ago, the number one question that you get answered as a leader is, what do you want from the program? Why are you here? Are you here just to consume products and be a customer? Man, we, we appreciate you. We're glad to have you. But I'm not going to expect you to come to my event or get on my Zoom calls or anything else. I'm going to appreciate you as a customer. I'm going to appreciate you as a home wholesale buyer. Is this that hard to figure out? Well, Dale... You know why? Because we don't, when people start, we welcome them to the team and we never stop to ask, why are you here? What do you want? What did Zig teach us? 
You can have anything in life you want if you do what? Help enough other people get what they want. So we have to figure out what they want. And if they want to be a wholesale buyer consumer at this time, love them, appreciate them, respect them. And if and when their desire changes in the future, then you can pull them into the team and help them get their business launched and move things forward. Wholesale retail has been taken away from this profession. I have not had one person ever. I've talked to a lot of company owners, a lot of leaders, had this discussion multiple, multiple times, and I do not know. I wish I did. I do not know how, why this ever started. How we took, and again, there was an article. It's in the, the top MLM training articles over at topmlmtrainingarticles.com. It was written by Dr. Kevin Campbell. I think I also have a copy of it. I know I do over at momhelp.com. And the title of the article is Whatever Happened to Retail in Network Marketing? So we have to, before you can move forward, and so much of the time in this profession, we're trying to solve problems that really don't exist or that we created as a profession, as an industry, as a team, as an organization. So 80, 15, 5, 27, 3, 70 percent. Here's the reality in this profession. There's a segment of people in this industry and we'll say three to five percent. Okay, because again, the numbers do not matter, but understanding the segments and how to effectively work with those segments is what matters. Let me say that again. This is the foundation of what I'm trying to communicate. There's three types of people. There's three types of, and again, we can, we can, we can divide people into, you know, all of us have a different personality type. Then we have, you know, multiple personality types. I mean, you know, you can, you can take people and segment them however you choose. You can call it the 80-20 principle, which is documented that that is true, has been true throughout history. But in this profession, because of it's not the corporate structure, you know, I hear people trying to com compare. Uh, it, it's like um, somebody sent me something where uh, an email and it says, well, look, Dale, you know, uh, I worked at the sheriff's, sheriff's office uh, for four for four years until my, the sheriff that I worked for uh, was voted out of office. But there was a lady there that has been the receptionist at at our sheriff's office through multiple administrations for going on thirty years, and she's never ever 
wanted to to move up in the sheriff's department. There's there's you know there's other jobs she could probably work towards, but she's happy where she is. So in network marketing, we need to learn from the sheriff's office and let people be happy where they are. Is that logical in business, in this profession? Is there any logic in that thought process? Zero. If they're a customer and you know they're a customer, absolutely. Love them, appreciate them, respect them, let them be happy where they are. But if they joined your organization and you know why they joined, they joined because they're going, their number one goal is to pay off their house. And you know that because that's what they told you when they joined. And then you as a quote unquote leader allow them to have their business card and come to all the events and never progress towards paying off the house, that's on you. That's on you. That's on you. Well, Dale, I'm just letting them do what they want to do. No, that's that's what you do with consumers and product users. If if you're a higher high in administration, you're at a high management level or at a management level in a corporate structure, I believe the same goes for that. What do people want? Do they want are they happy where they are in the job that they're in? Or do they want to move up through the corporate structure? If they want to move up through the corporate structure, then as leadership in the corporate environment, it is your job to make sure that they have access to develop the skill sets and and network marketing. This is why network marketing is different because it's more than skill sets. It's also mindsets are required. But it's your responsibility to help them get the training and the tools and what they need to achieve their reasons for being in that structure. So, you know, the sheriff's office receptionist, if she's happy there, awesome. The people that you have that are on your team that are consuming your products every single month, phenomenal. Appreciate it. But leadership, leadership, real leaders don't develop a bunch of followers. Real leadership develops other leaders. So if your long-term income in network marketing is in direct proportion to the number of leaders that are developed on your team, and if that's true, then allowing people are accepting the fact that somebody joined you to get their home paid off and now they, they just uh, for, for years are staying in a mode where they're taking the product and they come to all the events and they're on all your webinars and they have their business cards and, and you don't challenge them to, to get 
past the hurdle, whatever that is, and help them identify that hurdle and give them third-party tools to help them, you know, overcome call reluctance or whatever it is, that's on you. That's on the network marketing business model. It is. It absolutely. And see, this mentality, you, you know, you want to talk about uh, uh, you talking about running people off has been destructive to the profession. I'll tell you what's been destructive to the profession, Marty, is accepting mediocrity from people that told us that they want to grow, learn, develop, and move down this road and achieve something unique and different for their family. That's what's been destructive. That's what's been destructive to this profession. It's not to, not loving people enough to tell them what they need to hear instead of what they want to hear. And not being smart enough to identify you know, what's really going on in the three segments of people. So the three to five percent, and and I would say whether it's you know we talked about twenty I talk about twenty seven seventy three, and we'll compare it to eight eighty fifteen five. It's the same thing, and whatever the numbers are, the numbers are the numbers. But it's how we how we handle those numbers and how we communicate with those three segments of people is really the issue here. That's the real issue. So when we talk about three to five percent of the people are at the top that are going to get it done, look, that that's that's not even debatable. It's not debatable. Three to five percent, and I'm just being, I'm trying to be um, congenial. So instead of me talking about, like I've talked about for years, 27, 3, 70, I'm trying to be congenial. So we'll say 3 to 5% of the people that join network marketing have transferable skills. They have, high, in some cases, higher credibility in their community. That's why we've always talked for years that first people that you want to plant seeds with and expose are the Mr. or Mrs. High Credibility in your community. Those that would come to your funeral if you died. That's the first group of people the high, because it's easier when you recruit up versus recruiting down. And again, I've talked about all this multiple times. So 3 to 5% of the people that join will have the skill sets, mindsets, credibility, connections, whatever, whatever. They're going to have some things, some mentalities or skill sets that will allow them to get their business off the ground. I've always called these people three percenters. So we'll say three to five percent of the population will have the skill sets, mindsets to get their business off the ground, just being themselves just be, this is important. Just being themselves when they start, they don't need to develop any skill sets. They don't need any new mindsets. They just need to go into the marketplace, and there's going to be some people that will follow them because they're them. 
if somebody joins a network marketing organization because the person that shared it with them has credibility with them and that's the number one reason they join and it is the number one reason most people join hear me they're joining for the wrong reason and when we sit back and we look at the state of the network marketing profession that's that's what we've created the last 15 20 years people that just we've rec all we've done as a profession really accomplished is recruiting each other from deal to deal to deal when somebody that joins us <laughs> I was speaking at an event this has been a few years ago I'll never forget it and I you know I was meeting people before I actually talked before I went on stage and just meeting different people and I met this person that uh, was brand new real real nice lady uh, great communicator uh, was at her first ever event she had just joined had never been involved in network marketing before uh, had never been involved in any kind of sales team building nothing uh, I was trying to remember what she did but it doesn't matter but I met her and I met her at the beginning and a lot of other people and when it was all over you know everybody was talking and uh, her sponsor was there and I hadn't met their spon her sponsor before but her sponsor said look I've got to go um, my my granddaughter my grandson has got a soccer game and she's she's leaving and she says I'll talk to you tomorrow uh, uh, if you need any help closing your people you just let me know and she left and the lady looked at me like what does she mean closing my people what is that supposed to mean and I'm, I'm, I'll never forget it I've used I've used I haven't gotten the detail about the story but I've used that concept in multiple trainings over, since that time because that's the culture in which we have created as a profession where we just recruit each other and if you need help closing your people you just let me know and and the thought of somebody joining outside of the profession is something that we don't really wrap our minds around most of most of thankfully not all but most organizations most company uh, uh, I call them play one play ones where they're talking about the company the product and you know the comp plan how you get paid most people when they're when they're presenting those presentations they're not talking to prospects they're not talking to career frustrated people they're talking to other network markers I mean I've seen this whole evolution of this man it, it's just it's frightening because that's the box in which we pigeon ourselves pigeonhole ourselves into over the last 15 20 years so there are three to five percent of the people that have skill sets mindsets uh, transferable skills where they can at least get a business started 
And then there's some people that can just simply because they've been involved in, in the profession for so long. Okay. Now the next group, or the last group, let's go to the last group. Uh, what do they call them here? They call them 80%. I call them 70%. So 70% and 80%. Now, the 515-80 crowd, 70%, uh, 80%. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use 70% because, but it's the same group. 70% of the population, they're product users. They're customers. They have no, we don't need to be inviting them to the event unless they've, they have expressed, you know, I might like to learn what you're doing sometime. Then that's a, that's an exception. But we have to let customers be customers. Wholesale buyers be wholesale buyers. And so 70 to 80 percent of the people, population, really don't need to be involved in any kind of business. They don't. They need to be the reception at the sheriff's office. And be happy with that. And that's cool. That's fine. That's fine. So 70% of the population back in the day were not going to attempt to be involved in network marketing because they knew that they were going to have to expand their comfort zone. We've created a culture now, and it probably is 80%. Where 80% of the people, uh, the 80 percenters, there's a, the network marketing organizations have gobs of 80 percenters because they know that they can join and they can hang out and uh, they are not going to ever be expected to do anything except get on some conference calls and hang out and just chill. And they like hanging out with entrepreneurs more than they do the, the ladies at choir practice. So there's a philosophy that, that, you know, let them buy their business cards and let them get fired up about the new tool that once they buy at the conference they're never going to use. And let these people think that they're building a business and don't tell them the truth. And, and just love on them and high-five them and call them a rock star because that's really the only reason they're even hanging out anyway. And if you don't, then they're going to end up going back and, and singing in the Christmas cantata, cantata this year. Okay, listen, I get that. I respect that. I understand it. But here's how you win this game is you find three people a year, and I would prefer them be in what I call the 27%, what do they call them, the 15% crowd, that are sick and tired of being sick and tired, that want a sequential, systematic way to move forward in their life and their business. And, and they want to be called out when they're thinking wrong. And, and they want to be made aware of their self-talk. And they want to be told when they get knocked down that the only difference between a big shot and a little shot is a big shot is a little shot they kept on shooting. They want to be told the truth. And they don't want to be grouped in 
with a bunch of 70 percenters or 80 percenters that are doing nothing and, and, being, and, and get the same recognition and treatment as they do, and they're actually working towards uh, weekly, daily. They're moving forward. They're being productive. They're communicating. They're learning. They're growing. They're spending time with personal development. They're spending time reading the right books, listening to the right podcasts, and they're, they're really making an effort. And then the leader gets on and calls somebody that's been around five years longer than they have, who's not even, you know, who's never done anything except be on the leader's quote unquote conference call and, 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 um, you know, stayed on auto ship and they're calling them a rock star and, you know, schmoozing all over them when, they aren't making an effort. And, and to not think that your team doesn't know and that the right people, the right people are not offended by that is naive. And that is what's been destructive to this profession. That acceptance and the ability to not distinguish the difference between those that are customers and happy being customers and those that have reasons and goals and desires and want to be coached and and directed and supported to try to put everybody in the same boat when you do that then you don't have people that are moving forward. The 27%, the 15%, you're stifling their growth because you're not recognizing their progress and their effort. Does this make sense? Does this make sense? So how you handle the 15% slash 27%, how you, how you handle those people and how you work with those people and how you help those people to your best to help them identify what hurdle they're in front of. And when they come and they say, look, I'm having a challenge here and not having the resources to help them work through that and just treating them like, well, they're part of the 80%. You know, the 80-20 Pareto principle, or they're just, you know, they're part of the 97%, or just treating them like everybody else and not identifying the right people and not providing leadership to the right people is what has been the downfall of the network marketing business model. Without question, take it to the bank. And see, I realize that all that that many people understand is we can call it before 2000, after 2000. That there, and I'm talking about the 2000, the year. There's people that have entered this profession after 2000 who don't even understand what I'm even trying to communicate. 
because they've come into a culture where we all hold hands, sing kumbaya, because we have a better way. And we don't call out anybody. We don't, you know, we just, we all, we've got a better way. You know, we're going to have, create as many followers as we possibly can. And reality is, real leadership doesn't, don't develop followers. They develop other leaders. So, what did Peterson say? You know, these people uh, that, that, you know, the peasants that go to work and, and, you know, the average people with above average desire, the peasants that go to work and, you know, really start being productive as farmers and, you know, they end up hiring some few people and they get some livestock and they get some land, you know, at some point society, societies, cultures look at them as they're upsetting the apple cart and what do you call them socially uh, unfriendly elements they're socially unfriendly elements and uh, see I knew all that going into this podcast whenever we started it you know that that this is not easy to have these type of sessions but if Dale if you're not going to call it out then don't start because the last thing that I want, the last thing that I want is, is, is followers. I mean, I, I, sometimes I just think, why, I wonder why people think I do this podcast every week or why I spend any time in this profession because I have a real love, hate, love, disdain relationship with this industry. I love it so much. I mean, I love it so much. Uh, what what it has meant for me in my life is unexplainable. It's it's hard to understand, but I know what it's like to be maybe a high seventy percent or really a twenty seven percent or snot nosed kid twenty years old from a little town in Kentucky and to have truth pumped into my brain over and over and over and over and over until my heart had finally got it. And then the major paradigm shifts that occur when you understand and you internalize concepts like X number of people contacted equals reasons fulfilled. When you really understand the truth and wisdom in that philosophy and you take it to the marketplace and implement it, what can happen from that? And I think about what if what if I had come into a culture where just because I showed up and stayed on auto ship that everybody would give me a high five and call me a superstar and all that. What if I what if I hadn't gone to work? You know, what if I hadn't learned how to how to persist until I succeed the prizes of life or at the end of each journey, not near the beginning. It is not given me to know how many steps I must take in order to reach my goal. Success may lie just around the next bend in the road, but I will not know how close it lies unless I persist. I will persist until I succeed. What if that hadn't been internalized if those concepts and those ideas and principles. Now, granted, 
my sponsor quit two weeks after I started. But the information is there. The wisdom is there. The truth is there. And, you know, most people are just, they're just kind of, just kind of breeze over the headlines. You know, uh, that guy's starting a podcast because, you know, he's trying to create a following. I can tell you, I have multiple businesses and I do not. And this is such a yin and yang for me. It's such a yin and yang. I do not enjoy business models where my customers are opportunity seekers. And it, I didn't really realize that until this year. Because the yang is I love supporting and helping and encouraging entrepreneur-minded people that are sick and tired of being sick and tired, that know that they cannot be productive in the environment in which they're in and they want out of it. And, you know, they, they're they looking for a vehicle, a, a business model, mentorship to move them forward. And the reality is we have so many choices in today's world. There's so many ways where a person can create cash flow fairly quickly. Network marketing is really not one of them. Again, uh, when Donna and I first met, I think I've probably told this a thousand times, but I've, done, I've had this conversation with multiple people that I've met and talked to over the years is I've told many people, look, if all you need is an extra $300 a month, then I would recommend another business model unless you just want to go out and, and, and create a lot of customers because you believe so much in, your, in the product that you have, then that's awesome too. But don't worry about trying to build a large team. You just go out and create enough customers and look at your comp plan and you need $300 a month. And you're going to make an average of $30 a month per customer. So how many customers do you need? Okay, focus there. And don't worry about anything else. Just focus on your 30, on your 10 customers and you'll have your $300 a month. And you might want to do 12 just so you have a little buffer and you're good to go. But again, what does it all come down to? It all comes down to helping people understand why are they doing it? What do they want? And having the guts and the leadership to not let them cop out. To not let them cop out. And But on the same token, without taking any responsibility, because the only person's success or failure that you can determine is the one staring you back in the mirror. That's it. So I hope that what I've shared with you, Marty McFly, or Marty and the rest of you, uh, I think the, the, the people that I have heard teaching, what is it, 5-15-80, are basically saying, uh, let the 5%ers do what the 5%ers do, and then the rest of them, uh, stroke their ego 
tell them what they want to hear, and don't challenge them. That, that's my perspective, if you really listen. That's the philosophy. And, uh, again, I think that's why the profession as a whole, I'm not saying that that's not valid or doesn't work. What I am saying is, what is success? What is success really? And, and I am saying that philosophy will produce about 10% of what the real upside potential a person has if they would just focus on, you know what, my long-term income is going to be in direct proportion to the number of leaders that are developed on my team. Uh, I feel like I'm beating a dead horse, but um, I love it when people send me emails that have are, have no logic around them, you know, no real depth to them as it relates to building teams of people, as it relates to building a volunteer army. If a thousand people say a stupid thing, it's still a stupid thing. If, 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 if people have not got beyond and, and, and thought in more in depth and, and, and we accept, you know, it is what it is, when it ain't, then we're always going to have problems. If you're going to talk about it is what it is, then it better be. It better be. And you can go through the stories in this podcast. You know, we have multiple uh, in the archives here. Uh, you know, go listen to David Cook. Go listen to that story. Uh, you know, go through the podcast. Go listen to Joy Morse. You know, that I think she was probably number one or two or three. I've seen it happen way too much. Way, way. You, I know what a, a 27 percenter with the right work ethic in the right environment in the right mentorship. I know how life altering this business model can be for them. I know I've seen it way too much. And it saddens me that they have so much fluff in the marketplace to try to wade through that people are trying to say, well, Dale, let the, let the 27% let the 15% be who, what they want to be and do what they want to do and just encourage them and love them and high-five them and stroke their ego. And, you know, and again, I think it does come down to you have to love people enough to tell them what they need to hear, not necessarily what they want to hear. And see, I know that, see, a lot of people think that's my natural, that's my natural uh, personality and the people that really know me will tell you that my personality is exactly the opposite of that exactly the opposite of that but my first three years were brutal and I so wanted it more for people than they wanted it for themselves and it, to the point that, that if there's anything that would have taken me out of the business, it would have been that, the failure of other people. The failure of other people. People that talk the talk but are not willing to take a tiny baby step towards the walk. Now, 
yes, it would have been easier to just accept that and, and, and just create a following and, and do all that. But that's not my nature. That's not my nature. Uh, I, I want you to tell me the truth. I don't care who you are. And if I disagree, we can discuss it. But I want you to be upfront, honest, and truthful with me. I don't want yes people in my life. And I think the people that you're really looking for in this profession don't want to be part of the crowd. They want to learn. Great, great teachers were first grade learners. Great leaders were first grade followers. They, they understand that. They accept that. And they appreciate the path that they're on. I'm going to let you go, guys. Uh, I hope this helped. I hope I've communicated what I wanted to communicate. Yes, there's no question that there's three different types of people in this world and in this profession. 70% of the population is going to die with their music still in them. 3% are going to say, get out of my way. I'm going to go make it happen with or without you. And unfortunately, and they do. But unfortunately, what they do, their work ethic drive, the transferable skills they enter the profession with can never be duplicated. You win the game with the 27%. And you do that by providing them sequential, unified systems in which to they can build upon rock-solid fundamentally sound wisdom of the ages systems uh, as we've talked about and mentioned mlmhealth.com forward slash core thousands of times you guys have an awesome day night wherever you are in the world we'll talk to you next week on the mlmsuccess.com podcast if you haven't gone over to iTunes yet and rated and left this podcast a review what are you waiting for at Calvert Marketing Group, we want to spend our time on the projects that we know are providing the most value for our clients and customers. You leaving us a review and feedback on iTunes is something that helps us more than you realize. And more importantly, it helps others like you find us. So if you've not taken the time to rate this podcast, please go over to iTunes and do that for us now. It will only take a couple of minutes out of your busy schedule. Work harder on yourself than you do on your business, and we will be back next week with another inspiring success story, wisdom of the ages training, or answers to your questions.